send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people. His alarm system. His tornado signal. His air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Busy Believer Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Monica Hansen, and we are on the fifth episode, the fifth study, as you would call it, on Ancient Wisdom Unveiled, the full armor of God. And this week, we are on the shield of faith. You know, I admit this was a tough one because I did not want to do it any type of injustice. And for me, it's like, I know how much of an importance our faith is. And so I really struggled with this whole series. And you're probably wondering why, you know, and for a while I was like, yeah, why am I? But there's so much about faith. There's so much that the Lord talks about faith from the old to the new, that I was like, gosh, there's just so much. How do I combine it into a, you know, 30, 45 minute episode for you guys and not miss the key points of talking about faith? And so I was just so overwhelmed with it. I know how important it is. And guys, I have like right now in front of me, I have like three pages of notes. And to me, it's like, I still don't think that I've given it its justice. So bear with me as I get through my notes and let's just take it from the top, guys. (laughs) All right. So taking the shield. If you have noticed in reading Ephesians 6, when it talks about the armor of God, you'll notice that Paul's description of the armor has been limited to like items that we wear, right? The helmet, the breastplate, the belt of truth, the the shoes, right? Everything we put on. And they essentially hold themselves up on us, right? 
Well, the shield is totally different. See, Paul tells us that this shield is something we must take up. So it actually exists, guys. It's there. It's like, now, take up the shield of faith. We have to grab hold of it. It's something we are required to raise up. And just strapping it on our arm won't do us any good at all. If we don't make the effort to hold it, hold it up and to use it. And use like, well, what do I hold it up for? What do you mean use it? Well, hang on. We're about to get into it. All right. Let's take a look at the Roman army. How did they use this shield? Why did Paul, I mean, let's look at it this way. Before I say, why did Paul do this? Paul had plenty of time in prison, right? I mean, he was in and out of Roman prison. So he had plenty of time to study the Roman soldier and actually look at them and use the, um, their whole, whole armor, their, everything that they wore. God used even Paul's own enemies to take their uniform their day-to-day uniform, and translate it into a spiritual uniform that God wants us to wear throughout our lives the moment we become a Christian. And so let's look at it this way. Let's break down the Roman shield. It was not a standard medieval-esque shield, right? Most picture in their minds upon hearing Hearing the word, the Roman shield. Instead, this thing was a very large, curved, rectangular shield. And it had this, in the center of it, it had a large metal knob called a boss. And I'm sure like you've watched plenty of of movies. We've watched the Trojan. We've seen the big old shields that they have, right? All right, well, these soldiers were, they were afforded. They were the Roman army. They were like the so-called God of the land. Any and everything that this army needed, it was, it was given. So they were afforded a great deal of protection, of armor. And isn't it pretty cool how God looks at that armor and says, this is what the believer is to wear. This is the top of the line, guys. Your physical enemy right here, they have the top of the line armor. And this is what I want you to wear. You are going to have top of the line armor to fight in the spiritual realm. That is just like awesome. Of course, why would the Lord go cheap on, on his people, right? So because of the shield... It has a slight curve to it, and it was able to deflect attacks without transferring the full force of the assault to the man holding the shield, like that, you know, thing going on. That's my sound effects, guys. That's all I got, (laughs) all right? All right, so it had that, that, that ability to transfer it. All right. And because of the the boss thing that I was saying, that large metal knob, because of the boss, it was also able to deflect even the most like 
vicious blows when these guys came full force either on on foot or on their their chariots or even just on their horses these vicious blows that that came and it functioned in a in an offensive capacity like as a means of knocking an opponent backward with this thing this huge sword and so when I started thinking about this shield and I started thinking about when Paul says that it will extinguish the flames, the fiery flames and the darts. And I began to think about that and I began to put it together with the shield. And I looked up extinguish and it says to quench, suppress or thwart. Doesn't that sound exactly like a shield? The purpose of a shield? I was like, whoa, okay. This makes sense now. I can see this, Lord. And so, but let's take a step backwards. For those that don't know, for those that are new in their faith, what is faith? All right? Let's take a look at that. If you grab your Bibles... And you look up um, Hebrews 11. It is the faith chapter. Most believers know, if you have been a Christian a long time, that Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It is faith in action. All right? And so everybody knows, if you're listening to me, I like to use the NIV. If this is your first time listening to me, I do not endorse one version over the other. I just like to use the NIV when I do the podcast. It helps me keep the flow of things. So as I tell everybody, use what you like, all right? Use what, what you feel comfortable with between you and the Lord. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Okay, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hoped for and assurance about what we do not see. There is our definition, our biblical definition of faith that clears up some common misconceptions about faith. See, if faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, then this has far-reaching implications, right? Substance is tangible. We can touch it, right? And evidence or substance is tangible. I've got it all wrong. Evidence is solid proof, right? So faith is, by definition, that we have to say, not some hazy, lazy emotion without any grounding in reality. That's basically putting it into, like, English present-day definition, right? It is irrefutable truth it is real does that make sense I mean to me it did I was like wow wait a minute here then by definition it's not some hazy lazy emotion I've been saying hazy lazy around the house for I don't know how long with my husband this past week I don't know why it just fits <laughs> so I, I said, all right, it's time to use my silly comment in this Bible study. 
So faith is not some hazy, lazy emotion. Faith is an action word. You have to believe it. You have to get up. You have to stand on it. And you have to take action. All right. So let us flip over to uh, Romans. Let's go to Romans and let's go to chapter 8. I'm using my Bible app tonight. My And if I sound a little nasally, the wind is going and we I, my allergies are kicking in tonight, guys. This is my Wednesday or Tuesday night for your Wednesday morning. All right, so I have just been battling allergies like all week, and especially today is just like mega heavy. It's mega heavy, all right? All right, so let's go to verse 24. It says, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. See, the hope is hope is faith. Faith is hope. How can we hope for something that that is seen or that we already have, right? That doesn't give you any hope. It's, it kind of goes back to, let's go back to like childhood times. It's kind of like, you know, we're we're waiting on Christmas Day or Christmas morning and it's time to jump in bed and we're waiting on, on Santa Claus to come and to give us those presents. And we believe in Santa Claus. There's the hope of waking up in the morning to Christmas presents. That kind of hope as a child, hope like a child, to have faith like a child. See, Romans tells us that though it is based on solid evidence, that doesn't mean that faith comes naturally or easily. See, faith is a, is a walk of a Christian life. It's going, okay, I'm going to trust God even though I don't see him, but I hear him in my heart or my mind and my spirit. I'm going to walk in trust with the Lord. And each trial or hardship that comes throughout our life because being a Christian doesn't mean that we escape all the trials of life. No, I think that we actually get a double portion of it. Faith comes by walking with the Lord and trusting him. And as we go through those hardships in life and we come out on the other side or those prayer requests are answered, it just increases that faith more and more and more. And then guess what? Now we're walking in faith more and more and more, just like Abraham, just like Moses, just like Daniel, just like David. See, these guys weren't superheroes that we cannot look at their life and go, okay, I can never do that. Yes, they were everyday people that God just chose for a purpose to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to shine a light and in their the people that in their times in their life, so they put their 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 sandals on the same way we put our sandals on. They put their their shirt on for lack of a better word, because we don't know what it was called back then. Same thing as we do, one arm at a time, one pant leg at a time, right? They had their sash, their little 
thing they put around to hold everything up, they're no different, you guys. We just look to them as the example of how to live our lives and what not to do. Faith involves a huge element of trust. We must examine like the evidence that when we walk with God, that all of it is there and displayed out and see that God has proved himself to be unchanging and consistent. And then, we, then we'll firmly believe that he will fulfill his promises to us. I mean, how old is that rainbow that God's promise is still there? It's been there since Noah, right? And God keeps his word, his promises. He is faithful beyond even the word faithful. Whatever we think is faithful, God is above and beyond it. I mean, I have learned throughout my life walking with the Lord that it started with one small prayer just for like my sons and God answered it. And I was like, no way. I was blown away. I was a young Christian. And then I saw how God answered that prayer just as a mom for my boys. And it was okay. Now my faith increased. My trust increased in the Lord. Then the next episode or trial or, or whatever you want to call it, life drama, whatever came, it was going now. I know that the Lord answered that prayer back then when I prayed for my son. So I'm going to pray again about this issue, whether it was in, in your job or in your finances, in a relationship. And then I saw how God answered that. So it was just a compounding of faith that the Lord built as we walk in our everyday Christian life. And that's how our faith is built with the Lord. We started at the the whole verse that Jesus has, if we have smaith, smaith, where in the world did I get smaith? <laughs> okay, if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, it's not meaning that if we just have that little bit of faith. He is saying that that seed of faith, when it gets planted and watered by the Lord, it will grow and grow and grow into a luxurious, beautiful plant that is planted by the streams of water. Who is the living water? Jesus. He is the one that keeps watering us and that we are like that, that branch onto Jesus that just keeps growing. And as the Lord prunes us, more faith abounds as we go through trials and temptations in life see being tempted is not a sin but falling into the temptation is a sin see going through trials and hardships is not a sin it doesn't mean oh well you know okay God's punishing me for something no sometimes we go through that to be refined and come out as beautiful a beautiful diamond so where does living and saving faith come from? Well, let's look it up in Ephesians chapter 2, guys. And it says in verse 8, well, okay, yeah. Let's go to verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is 
the gift of God. Verse 9, not by works so that no one can boast. Let's go to verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're saved through grace. We're saved through grace and through faith. God's grace was, was compounded on us. He, he saved us by his blood. It is by him offering himself on the cross for our sins. That was part of the grace given to us because we deserve that. And then through faith, we accepted that grace. We accepted that gift. And now we cannot boast saying that we saved ourselves. No, Jesus did it and we accepted it at all. So while we must believe God to even begin our walk with him, he gives us this deeper, living, growing faith through his Holy Spirit of just walking in faith, through the trials, through life circumstances, life's issues, through whatever that comes our way. Why is a shield associated with faith? Well, a shield guards, right? While a physical shield protects us physically, faith, check this out, can protect our spiritual lives even in the middle of physical trials. So, Think of this. Remember the whole Nebuchadnezzar story and um, how he attacked the values and beliefs of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, see, they were able to stand resolute, stand firm, right, without question and unwavering because of their faith. Basically, in their response, they just said, God is capable of delivering us from this fate and we don't know if he will or not but that doesn't matter he gave us his commands and we're going to keep them regardless of the physical outcome this is like me thinking of this this is how they would answer him king nebuchadnezzar and they could probably say we know he can just as easily raise us from the dead what a response i mean in actuality when you go and read the story they just said hey we will not bow to this. We only bow to the one true God. But to have that response, that defiant response in the face of the enemy and say, no, we will not do this, is like pure beauty to stand in pure faith, pure power and authority in the face of a king. So what else does this shield do? Let's look at Ephesians 6. And let's go to uh, verse 16. And it says, oh, I passed it. In addition to all this, we are to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So check this out. A shield deflects, we just read. And Satan is always hurling his fiery darts of whatever it is that he knows can get us, whether it be fear, doubt, worry, you, you know, anger, whatever it is, lust, all that start, stuff. It can, he can hurl those darts at us. 
But the only time they can hit us is when we let our shield of faith down, when we stop believing that God is in control, that he is working everything out for our good, that whatever happens is for the ultimate best of everyone involved, however little it seems to be that way. See, when you think about it, and you think of the Roman army and their shield, and they kept them all up, even of all the, the movies that we watch, the Viking movies, what is the um, the Vikings, the whole series, the Vikings. And when they raised up their shield and they got together as one, they were a wall that you could not penetrate through. They were surrounded by their shields all as one. And so a shield does more than just fight off those fiery darts and, re and reflect or deflect them. It does more than, than just deflect. It guards. It's the first line of defense that the enemy comes to. See, in Matthew, let's go to Matthew 14 now. And let's go to, uh, ver I think it's verse 28. Uh, Matthew 14 and verse uh, 28, guys. All right, and it says here, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. See, a shield is also the first line of defense. While the rest of our armor helps protect us from Satan's like attacks, his onslaught, it is not what you ideally want to be using to absorb every hit, though. I mean... You do not, like, for instance, go out into battle intentionally blocking everything with your head, right? So when our faith in God's omnipotence and care is strong, it's impossible for Satan to break through our shield and land in an attack. But here, check this out. When we allow doubt to creep in, as Peter did, when he was distracted by all the waves, when we get distracted by all of life's problems, when we start looking at of what everything could be if we don't do something right now or if we don't have the patience to wait on God's answers and we get into a panic, we'll start to sink and the rest of our armor will be battered. We'll let go of our shield. We'll let go of our sword. We'll start peeling off all the armor because we think that we're going to sink. But an actively raised shield of faith prevents this inhabiting or inhibiting fatigue, doubt, everything. If you keep all of that on, if you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have walked those miles with the Lord and you know that your faith has made you strong, and so will that shield as you raise it up and deflect all of the attacks because Jesus says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, a shield can incapacitate as well. Check this out. So remember, 
When Christ was being tempted by Satan, his faith in the word and the commands of God repelled Satan for each of those times, right? And we read in Hebrews 4.15 that tells us that Christ was tempted in all things. And this was pretty cool because when I went through, as we go through things in life, there was times where I would like say, well, Lord, you never went through this. You know, you never had or dealt with family drama like this. You know, your your dad died when you were young, you know, Joseph. Um, it was just you and your mom. You didn't deal with sibling issues. You didn't deal with, and then the Lord would stop me, and he would re always remind me, didn't I go through this? Didn't I go through that? What about this? What about that? So that way there's nothing that the Lord did not go through that we haven't also. So he was tempted in all things. So see, this wasn't, this was not the only encounter Christ had with the devil. And so let's go back to the boss, that metal knob in the middle of the, the Roman soldier's shield. Well, see, it allowed soldiers to give their enemies this, like, like a stun-inducing hit or shove that would allow them to follow through with an attack. It was that extra point. Now, you've seen in movies these shields that have that boss on there. Sometimes it's like this huge spike thing on the end of it, and you're like, oh, my Lord. You know, it'll stab me. It'll kill him. Our faith in God, as demonstrated by the Lord, can also give Satan a good shove backwards and give us a chance to fight back by doing God's will or to quote scripture because God tells us that faith cannot just be in our minds. See, it's like I was saying earlier, it is an action. It, it must produce action. Works of obedience and service like in James 2.20. Let me, let me just go to James right now so I can just read this to you guys, all right? Because you're going to be like, well, what does James say? You're like, well, okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, let me get to verse 20. I'm 18, 20. It says, this is James 2, 20, guys. You foolish person, not you, the scripture is saying it. <laughs> Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that, that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend so see it faith must produce action you have to be able to take a step in faith in everything that we do it is claiming the scripture, believing the scripture, walking in scripture, praying the scripture. And when God says that he will do it, then we are to take him at his word. So now, how else can the shield be used? Well, I'm going to tell you a pretty cool thing about the Roman army when we get back after this.
Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a quick minute and tell you about my page, Patreon. It's a platform for content creators like myself to earn an income based on the subscribers such as you yourselves. As a subscriber, you'll receive perks for supporting my content, such as a shout out of your own website on my podcast. You can also be in the know to all of my pre-orders on my future book releases and special discounted prices on those books. So hey, please consider supporting me with a cup of coffee at www.patreon.com forward slash busy believer. And I'll be sure to put the link below in the description. Thanks again for listening. Okay, so how else can the shield be used? So check this out. The Roman military had an inventive and and like very effective tactic that made use of their large shields. Now, their shields were supposed to be average from what I was doing research on. Like three feet, I think it was three feet tall. And when enemies would begin firing arrows and other projectiles at the army, the soldiers would close ranks into a rectangular shape. And it was it was known as the tortoise formation. And those on the outside, they would use their shields to create like a wall around the perimeter. Then those that in the middle would raise their shields over their heads to protect everyone from all of the incoming fire, all the fiery darts, all the whatever they were tossing at them, right, or shooting at them. So this result was like a a formidable tortoise human tank, the, the shape of it that could be stopped only through, like, major, major, tremendous effort, like, they had to shoot a cannon or something to to send it into a, an array of a mess, right? So when the Roman army joined its shields together, here's how I began to look at it. It became almost unstoppable, right? And if we are in God's church and we join our shields, join our faith, that is, strengthening each other with our faith, building up each other in faith and love and joy and peace and patience and serving within the body as we're able to, then we'll become this unstoppable force able to take on any challenge. So instead of all the griping and complaining amongst each other about as I hear so much and read so much out there, even in social media world, I see Christians that will argue about over a verse. Well, no, it means this. Well, no, it means this. Well, what did God say about that? Well, no, he said that. And you're just like, oh my gosh, stop grumbling and fighting amongst each other. See, scripture is alive. And it is the spoken word of God. And so it means something to every individual person. It may mean 
one way to you, but it totally means way out this way in the field to me because of where I am in my life, what I've gone through with the Lord. So for everybody to stand there and interpret the word differently and grumbling amongst each other, it's just a waste of time. Instead, coming together and bringing our shields together as one and standing and being an unstoppable force towards the enemy because we don't we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against all principalities all all he heavenly dark forces everything wicked all of the demonic entities out there that's where our battle is not with the body of Christ not with each other not arguing online not tearing away people we have to remember as we fight this fight together. This is not simply our battle. And if we are to win, it will only be once we put our faith in God and stand side by side, contending earnestly as one. And that one is the bride of Christ without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Faith is what encourages each other in the body of Christ to be able to say, no, get back up. We walk the same path. Some of us are just in different areas of the path. And it's, it's coming back and grabbing our loved ones back there that are fighting or, or going through the trials and, and tribulations of life and say, get up, sister, get up, brother. Remember, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, Jesus will plant it, water it, and grow. And guess what? You will come out in the end. So to go through your time of, of trials in life and, and issues in life, Jesus always provides a way for us. And it may be a surprise ending to teach you the lesson that we need to learn as we grow in Christ, as our faith grows more and more, faith is unstoppable. Satan hates when we know that we have that faith, when we know who we are in Christ, when we know our identity. Faith gets us up and say, no, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I am the head. You are the tail. I am the daughter of the king. I am the son of the king. I am heir to the kingdom. That's what our faith brings us into that who we are in Christ and to stand up and to take up the shield of faith and say, let's do this. Let's battle rattle. And so I want to encourage you today to take up your shield of faith. Don't ever put it down. Keep it up. Remember, you're not only protecting you, you're helping to protect your family. You're helping to protect the body of Christ. Never put your sword down. Never put your shield down. Never put any of your armor down. Never take it off. Keep it on and keep it up. And with that, remember, fear not, for I have called you by name. You are mine. Have a blessed day, everybody. And peace out.
Well, folks, that's all I have for you today. And I hope you enjoyed this episode on The Busy Believer. And if you could, would you please just give me a thumbs up, thumbs down emoji or leave a comment on whether or not you like this type of content coming to you on the Busy Believer podcast. Kind of just it gives me some feedback and assures me of, yes, I am going in the right direction, or no, you want something else or better content. So I'd appreciate and thank you for all of your comments that you leave with me, negative or positive. We all need that growth. Thank you. God bless.